the importance of like using tech training as a way to bridge a generational gap. Roll it. At the same time, I was teaching him how to program for WordPress. There's just so many great positive things that happens by doing that sort of thing. Several guys in my church who, in various means, unofficially came alongside me and helped mentor me and stuff. And one of those was one of our church techs. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the place for church, tech, creativity, and all things awesome. With your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Today, we want to give back to you. We've got two items on Church Mag Press that we think might help you in prepping for Christmas. WhyChristmas.com and Tiffany Pack from James Cooper. It is a, uh, a PDF with, with, or it's actually a group of 41 different files with their there's a Christmas activity uh, comic. There is all kinds of information and images uh, included to help you uh, teach kids the, the real meaning behind Christmas. And then for the grown-ups, there is um, a little book um, I wrote with uh, my brother and my pastor. It's called Carols with Candlelight, and uh, it's the five themes of Advent in a Christmas carols service. And simple little guide to structuring a Christmas carol service around the five themes of Advent. So with that, folks, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Have a good day. Thank you, Phil. It's time now to let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. Not too long ago, Phil was being his awesome self and he helped some, what, was it students at your school? Yeah, the students in my school. Yeah, they were, they were doing a production. They, he lended a hand and spent about an hour helping them troubleshoot some things, training them on some, some tech issues, which is just all in all pretty awesome. But uh, Phil, you had some, some cool reflective thoughts regarding such. Yeah, so um, I did some, I tried doing some pretty organized upfront training with them, um, like before the production was was staged it didn't go very well because i didn't know what they didn't know and just i was trying too hard you know so i gave them some pointers and told the kids if you have questions come find me and whatnot and then i went to the my wife and i went to the staff preview nights of the play and halfway through i noticed a few issues particularly two of the actors on stage um had voices in in the lower register and they were they're females but they had kind of like a um, like a nasal blockage, and so they had that lower voice, you know. That um, it's hard to mic, especially when you're using lapel mics. But they're they're going over their ears and taping them to their to their jaw bones or to their cheekbone rather. And so I said, one of the gals' microphone was was way up on her cheekbone, and so I went back to back said, guys, you got to lower those mics to like mid cheek. Um, because they're designed to be they're collar mics, the lapel mics. You know, they're not designed to be around the ear. And I said, too, you need to have them run a scene tomorrow. Don't do a mic check. Have them run a scene with everyone on stage and listen to their voices and drop the the lows and mids um, as you need to in order to get a, some clarity from their voices. Don't increase the highs too much because if you read them, um, James Wasm's uh, awesome book about uh, Great Church Sound, you'll know that you can't really add anything via EQ, but you can sure as heck take things away to bring clarity. So I explained, He's so awesome. Yeah, he is. So I explained all that stuff to them and um, found you know, found out. I couldn't go the next two nights of the production, but I found out that it sounded a lot better, worked out real well. Um, and then they had one more mis- one more issue that they, they didn't diagnose themselves. It was an EQ issue. And I said, okay, well, that issue we can fix with blah, 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 and we'll fix that before the next production. And so 
I've set up a small little relationship now with these students and like the two main ones are seniors. Um, the rest are all like freshmen and sophomores. So now for the next two years, I get to work, you know, like one on, well, not one on one, but like a one on 10 with these, these techs and training, you know, and I'm obviously as a staff member, I can't say much about Jesus, but I can build positive relationships with them and hopefully be, you know, a positive example and role model in their lives. Yeah, you've you've talked about that before. The what was it? The Padawan in training kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was kind of a niche uh, example there. But yeah, I mean, um, my parents were in ministry, and so it was. Fifty fifty shot whether I'd stay in church because most pastors' kids don't, or I should say, a considerable amount of pastors' kids don't. Either they stay in ministry to keep their heads down, or they flame out. You know, and they're in the local newspaper having busted for coke possession or something like that. So I didn't go. I didn't go either of those route. I, I just kept my head up, and I'm, I'm involved in ministry. And I think a large part of that was because not only did I have a good home life, but I had I had um, several guys in my church who, in various means, unofficially, just came alongside me and helped mentor me and stuff. And one of those was one of our church techs. And I, I was like, thrown into the back of the sound booth to run it when <laughs> when the sound guy left the church. Dad's like, boy, you're going to earn your keep today. You're going to be the sound man from now on. Which earn is, your keep? I mean, I, Are I, they going to kick you out? Well... <laughs> no, but I'm joking. I'm joking about the actual phrasing, but you know, a ministry family, everyone does something, you know, and I have no musical abilities. I have no singing abilities. Therefore I am in the sound booth. Yeah. You know, when uh, I was head of our church sound team and I was recruiting because it was a situation where it would turn into basically two grumpy old men up there. And so when I took it over, it was, I tried my best to try to, you know, go from it having the grumpy old men, uh, stereotype to a young thriving, you know, robust team so that, uh, you know, you don't have to have one, one or two guys up there all the time week after week. Right. And, uh, that was, that was probably the biggest, biggest source of, of volunteers were, were younger kids, you know, the guys, guys and gals, both in the youth group, uh, to run sound and run PowerPoint and all that sort of thing. There, there was just a natural attraction to it because, I mean, of, of everything in the church, you know, between the carpet and the chairs and the drapes, I mean, let's be honest, the tech booth is pretty flipping cool in comparison. And so right there, there's kind of a natural draw. Um, interestingly enough, uh, one of the uh, tech team guys that I had eventually went on, went to film school and is producing stuff. And so that's that's pretty cool, you know, to, to see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I love the idea. I mean, and it, it doesn't even have to be discipleship. I think that that's really important to realize because you can use this for so many different things. Bill, you're talking about being in a role as far as being the teacher, but it's, I would be very interested to hear what other people have had as far as experiences for using new technology for evangelism. Um, I was as a youth ministry, um, working in a community, I could use my tech background to get into the school as a volunteer and then talk to constantly about how I had a background in computer engineering, talking about programming, all these different things. And then I was able to teach a couple of kids how to do programming stuff um, to the point that I taught someone who didn't know about Jesus. We talked about Jesus. We talked about going to church, talked about youth ministry, but at the same time, I was teaching him how to program for WordPress, creating plugins for WordPress. Yeah, I remember that. You you wrote a post about that a long time yeah. ago about uh, uh, about that experience. And and so you can use your church tech gifts for evangelism as well, especially if you're able to speak into that role. Obviously, there's limitations. Like if I were a counselor in that role, I can't use that. But I think that there's a lot of opportunities within tech because. 
Um, at the very least, people want to understand these skills. At the very most, it's really kind of um, hot and cool and yada yada about wanting to do technology and understanding technology and being able to incorporate in just our daily lives. Yeah, I think that that's probably one of the greatest catalysts for for any of us being a part of a fellowship of believers is to increase the number of connections with people. You know, the more connections that you have with people, the more likely you are to hang around, right? Because there's that many more relationships that cannot be severed or would need to be severed. And so it creates, you know, a close-knit community is is good. And so, you know, this hits on so many different levels. It hits not only on the obvious of, you know, possibly an opportunity for discipleship or mentorship, but then also creating more connections of people, right? You get to know somebody else, which is always a very powerful thing. And then thirdly, you know, you you can kind of narrow in on that kind of church, vol- church tech volunteer issue that so many churches have. And so there's just so many great positive things that happens by doing by doing that sort of thing. I mean, think about what happens if that play actually happened as a community play at the church and the sound techs were teaching kids how to use the sound techs and teaching them how to do stage design. Um, or you were working with people as far as videography or people wanting to learn how to vlog better or all these little things, Snapchat, Instagram, um, be able to post social media or do that better. All these things can be just a funnel for, uh, at the very least, teaching people how to live a better life for Christ at the best options, sharing Jesus with people that may never hear about it. Ooh, I like that. Taking church tech out of the church, right? Yeah. That's good. Well, yeah. uh, a few years ago, we've not done one, done one in a while, but we had a um, job fair at my church, and my brother and I set up a bunch of computers, and then folks come in, help them get an email address, like a legit, like, you know, instead of like babyhotcakes76 at hotmail.com, like a Susie Smith at gmail.com, and we helped them uh, figure out how to write a resume and, you know, taught them all that stuff. That's awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. No. I really appreciate that you got me off of hotcakes. I mean, that really did change the way I did. Interviews. Well, it was it was hard for you to get, you know, people were kind of ignoring your request for ebook reviews, you know, like hotcakes. I don't know if I want to open that email. I don't know if I want to open that. It has an attachment. <laughs> you know, you know, and you wouldn't be able to land the job that you have today, Jeremy, if it wasn't for that. <laughs> That's true. I mean, they actually asked because I had well, accidentally submitted the wrong one, but they didn't open that email. It's ironic, you know, though, Eric, because he was trying to write hot takes, mm-hmm. you know, and which is a really accurate reflection of who he is. This is true. But he wrote hot cakes, and now he can't figure out why he's getting spammed so much. And it's really embarrassing. In fact. <laughs> and now I'm really hungry he's, for some hot he's cakes. Hot, <laughs> he's hot. He's hot take 76 at hotmail.com. Oh, my. Oh, my. If you, if you email that, you know what you're getting. You're getting a hot take. That's right. Served up piping hot from the king of uh, king of pushback. That's right. Banned on several Twitter accounts, I might add. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> no, I really, I really like that. You know, th- that's one thing. I, I can't wait for Jeremy to get bumped off Twitter for TOS violation when they, when they won't touch the president. He can he can call people all kinds of terrible things, you know, just racial slurs all over the place. But Jeremy's going to push back one too many times and get bumped right. for TOS. Why are you more supportive, Jeremy? Why don't you just agree with me all the time? Why can't you support me? For the win. <laughs> Fall in line, Jeremy. Fall in line. That's right. 
we're clones here, all right? Hive mind mentality. Get with the program. We are the Ottens. Yeah, this is a deep cut Doctor Who reference. This there, is so. deep. This is deep cut, like base uh, insider talk right here. Um, yeah, I, you know we we t- we talk about church tech in the church so often. We we you know we don't think about how we can kind of take that out into the world. Uh, that's one thing that I've really thought is cool about places like uh, Game Church City, which is a ministry essentially of. You know, it's well, not really. I mean, it is a ministry. I don't know. That just seems like such a loaded term. But it, it's a group of, of it, it's a community of gamers that are Christians, and they'll have mission trips to gaming conventions like E3 and PAX and all these different places. And they have a booth and they pass out gamer New Testaments and stuff like that. It's like a really cool thing. You know, they're taking their gamerism and taking it out to the world. And, you know, that's what we need to do with our church techish. You know, whether your jam is websites or coding or sound design or videography or or newspaper writing, you know, bulletin design, whatever, whatever, whatever your jam is. Right. Um, Look for opportunities. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you've thought of something right right now that you could you could take out into the world. Right. Or maybe you're going to have to think about a little bit. Pray about it. Look for opportunity. I'm sure it's there. You know, take take your church techness. And go out there, man. Just as long as it's not your church tetanus. That too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying what, to supersede what, Eric's what, what uh, if we had church Tetris and you had to like wedge different different size Bibles. That would be like those Bible throwback games. Oh, absolutely. Totally like Joshua. Every time you get a row. Oh, or Moses. Mm-hmm. So it was actually Exodus, wasn't it? Exodus, yeah. yeah. Where you where you had to go through and sing the praises of God and literally kill the Hittites. Yes. <laughs> Very tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Or spiritual warfare where you threw literal f- fruit at people in the prison yard and coming out of the bar for them to fall on their knees. And Did, that, Was that a game? That was a game. What Look game was up. that one? Spiritual warfare is what it was called. That's from, from like, was that um, that's that one guy? of those Bible tree games, yeah. Goodness gracious. I feel closer to Jesus already. I, why? <laughs> oh, Eric, you weren't joking. Oh, my <laughs> looked goodness. It up, <laughs> oh, my gosh. The cover is a dude in with a with a cross shield, a dude, sword. Look up the gameplay. But 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 hold on, no 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 no. You got like the artwork first. <laughs> he's he's got bare bare arms and bare legs up to his crotch, and he's got um like a fitted cod piece bikini thing <laughs> up to a, a breastplate that has him gives him gigantic pecs and a tiny hips. It's it's like <laughs> tiny hips. It's like how they draw, they draw women in comic books, but it's a guy. It's really offensive to everyone. Mm-hmm. And there's little angels floating around him. Are those demons? Those are demons, <laughs> and they're naked. That's weird. There's a demonic dog too. Oh my goodness! He's fighting a demon off screen. I can see the guy's hands. Oh my gosh! This is just Eric. I won't sleep for days now. Mm-hmm. I've got. You're welcome. Oh my! Is there is is there an emulation online? I've got to play this somehow. This this maybe this might be this might be a little controversial, but I would say that that Doom. That Doom is a far more religious, a more Christian accurate depiction of a Christian playing in a video game than that. So one New Year's Eve, we're at, my, we're at one of our deacons' house. I'm like ten. My the, our deacons' um, twenty, I don't know, twenty year old son has um, built his own computer. And this is back in the 
mid mid uh, late nineties. So building your own computer back then actually took some took a well. You were you were you were practically ten. Well, so. I'm in ninety three, but I'm saying somewhere I'm saying around that area. I'm just I'm not sure. But to build a computer in the mid nineties is pretty pretty considerable bit of work and he had doom on his computer and they're showing us doom my dad walks in the room i'm like oh crap dad you're gonna knock like doom right and he's like what you guys doing the guy says playing this video game pastor take a seat and he, he, he sets it up it's like so what do you do this game you kill demons pastor sounds like fun and my dad pulls out they give him the chainsaw and so for 15 minutes, my dad just walks around and just, just, and he's just, <laughs> just, just redneck cracking up as he just slices and dices through demons for 15 Only minutes. Only because your father was a Pentecostal it's preacher. One of my, <laughs> it's one of my Did favorite enjoy doing my dad. That? I just, oh, he, well, that he's a country boy. I mean, he just, you know, just indiscriminate. Violence was not necessarily his thing, but it's definitely part of his heritage. You know, slaughtering buffalo and whatnot. That's, that's. I'm sure. I'm sure the Oregon Trail. That's why it speaks speaks to me so much. It's like, um, oh no, I can't think of the old the uh, old rapper. Oh, T Bone. It's like T Bone uh, shooting game, yes. demons yes. with his gat rat tat tat yes. tat. You know, bringing games to rap. Old yes. Christian <laughs> culture stuff. At some point, we have to do a riff tracks version of Thief in the Night. Where the three of us get online and watch this and record a commentary, and then we can release it to people. Wow! So there was would this be like a Halloween episode? Or like, well, Dana, we just we just for we just watch scary. it. We just want we just watch it, right? We synchronize our big our playtime together, and we watch it on our own. But we're recording through Hangouts. And we oh just release my. it as an extra or something funny. We put it on YouTube. You know why not? That's an interesting idea. Can you just download it for free or something? I can find a DVD copy and rip it, and we can share it and not distribute not distribute the movie. Well, we'd have to get the movie out there too, wouldn't we? Yeah, well, we, yeah. Break the copyright. We, we, we would do it very. We, we would, of course, you would make copies. It'd be totally legal the way you would do it, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're gonna put a, if you're gonna put a riff tracks out, people, it's gonna be legal anyway, too. That's true. If you guys really want to make people mad, what we could do is um, all those free video games for Christian video games we've gotten so far, and even all the ones in the past, we could just play those and do a Christian Rage Quit video game series. We could do that. It would last three minutes. Have you seen the the 3D Arc game? That was on. It's on Steam. It's 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 dumb. But we could sit there and play and be like, well, why? Look at the theological implications of this. Man, this game is terrible, but look at the theological implications like of I this. Like I said, Doom is a more accurate representation of a Christian video game than spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And if you don't get that reference, then you don't know about Doom, and I'm sorry for you. You should Google it. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, <laughs> seriously, what were we talking about? Um, to start the podcast, I don't think I remember. We were talking about oh, uh, oh, <laughs> young people. Yeah, we're working with young people in church tech. Yeah, okay. yeah. Take your take yeah. your skills and talents. Take them outside the four walls of the church. It's a good lesson for everybody. But I don't know. I, I haven't really thought that much about it um, regarding church tech. Uh, there was there was a, uh, several months ago. I went to a uh, a local electric co op meeting thing where they were talking about the. The faster internet they're going to be bringing to us folks out here in the country, and there was there was a 
a professor of, I want to say, some sort of physics at one of the universities. Really smart guy. And he was showing everybody Raspberry Pi and how you could build a computer. And um, they had code camps that they would bring to the different different uh, country communities or urban communities, a way for kids to to get a taste of coding, you know, and show that that for less than a hundred bucks, basically or so, um, you could hook kids up with tools that they need to learn how to code, right? And uh, I don't know, it's was, it was pretty cool to see to see this guy. He was probably in his sixties, and he, it was so cool to hear him talking about Raspberry Pi and you know reaching reaching young people to inspire them to create, right? To build, not just consume games or consume this or consume that, but to go out and create. And it's pretty inspiring. So I'm glad you brought this this topic up, Phil. A good reminder of how we can take our God-given talents, right? Like, what does Jesus look like as a computer programmer? What does Jesus look like as a uh, sound designer? What does Jesus look like as a, um, what's another thing, guys? Videographer, photographer, you know, whatever it may be, blogger even, you know? Um, and social media messiah. Yeah, social, yeah, see, that social media thing, that gets a little <laughs> dicey. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, knows, it knows. Effective communicator. Communicate, I don't know. I'm going to get in trouble now. All right, we better wrap this up. Any final thoughts? <laughs> well, that says it all, doesn't it? We just got recording, just to put this in context, we just got to recording before this episode. The Thanksgiving episode, which, or, I'm sorry, Black Friday episode, which was very laid back, and so it just carried over into this one, you know? So, sure did. I don't have to tell you. I'd say sorry, but not sorry. We... You pay for it. Right? Sorry, sponsors. <laughs> Sorry, sponsors. Right. Everybody else getting nothing to complain about. Also, if you have any complaints or want to send any email in uppercase, just send it to phil at churchmag. Okay, thanks. Which will redirect Which will redirect you to hotk76. Yes. So tempted to email, okay, email so- to that address just to see what happens because it makes me think that somebody actually has that. They might. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag Online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message. And be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag Podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Off the, is, rec- is recording off? Okay, now, okay, actually, I'm going to do it for real. Oh.